grateful, privileged to be here, and I just want to thank Nick and the team for entrusting me this morning with a microphone. I know that's always, uh, <laughs> you never know if it's a good or bad thing, where it's going to go, but uh, they have entrusted me with a microphone today, and they're not going to get it away from me <laughs> for the next 45 minutes or so. And uh, it really is a wonderful privilege to be here with you, uh, not just as a church, but as friends. Um, I'm definitely not here as a guest speaker, but as just a friend of the family. And so it really is wonderful. And sending you greetings from Storehouse, who are just landing their service as you guys get going. And so it is a wonderful, a wonderful um, honor to be here. Thanks, Nick and Shelley, just for your years of friendship. And uh, let me tell you, when you go on a trip to Africa together... There are some things forged that will never be, so will never be undone, never been unseen, um, and I will not embarrass Nick this morning. Um, but for a fee, I'll give you some inside info afterwards. All I can say that Nick on on shiny sheets is not a great combination, <laughs> and so we stayed at this place that had these wonderful sheets that were the you know that sort of satin shiny and. Uh, there's nothing on Nick that holds him on those sheets, so um, it was an interesting um, experience. But yes, sharing clothes with Shelly is always... We eventually found a container on the side of the road, you know, those containers, and found crimpoline dresses for me that at least came a little bit further than my knees, as Shelly's ones did. But uh, enough of all of that. Let's move on and keep those things out of our head. Um, but it is uh, just a joy to, to be with you this morning. Um, I'm sharing with you this morning, um, I think it's the fifth week of your series called Defined. So we are going to follow that this morning. Uh, but before I do, um, I just wanted to share one or two things that I had felt for you as a church. And uh, what I am bringing to you this morning, um, I don't come and say, this is what I've heard the Lord say, and therefore you must. <laughs> The prophetic comes and it submits to the, the local eldership and government that's in the church. And so as I come to minister this morning, I do the very best I can to hear God for you, as God has given us gifts to be a gift to the church and to others. But the, the Bible also puts responsibility on the hearers of those words. So as much as I've really tried to hear God and sought His face for you, the Bible says that we are to test prophetic words that words that come from the Lord need to be tested. And one of the ways that those words are tested are through the elders that sit at the gate. And they say, hey, let's have a look. Does this confirm? Does this resonate in our heart? Does this um, identify what the Spirit has been saying to us? And so I come this morning humbly to submit that which I felt. And as, a, as an eldership and as a church, you are more than happy to test that. And if you're not feeling... Um, that that's from the Lord, you are more than welcome to pop it in file 13 or in the bin. But uh, I do trust that the Lord um, would encourage you this morning. And uh, I just felt for you as a church, just as we were worshiping this morning, I there's many churches, I don't know if, if you've even done it, but I kept getting this word, worship nights, worship nights, worship nights. And I felt like the Lord said that you are a people of worship, that you are a people that have been called to worship. You are a people that love worship. You are a people that love the presence of God. And I just felt like worship is going to be such a key for unlocking things within your lives and within you as a church. And there are going to be times where worship is not just tacked onto a meeting to open it or close it or for a ministry time, but where you come to just seek the face of the Lord. 
Will you come just to find his presence and be found in his presence? And so I feel like God has gifted you, even with your musicians, with the hearts of those that are leading you, to be a people of his presence that love worship. And I just saw these moments. I felt like there would be these, these key moments that would unlock things in the spirit for you as a church that would come where you're just saying, we're putting everything else aside and we're just coming to seek your face, Lord. And I felt like in those times, there would be unlocking of things in the spirit over this church. And so I wanted to encourage you in that. And so if those moments happen, I don't know if they do already or if they're going to, but I just felt like give yourself to that. Because the Lord is saying, I am in that, and I am doing something in that. And so presence yourself in that place. Position yourself in that place where you come together collectively and saying, it's not one person or the worship team or the elders seeking God's face, but no, as a family, we are seeking the face of the Lord. We are seeking His will. We are seeking His power. We are seeking His presence. And so put everything else aside and give priority to those moments, if I can encourage you to do that. And then in praying for you, um, so this is my hood, okay? This Kabiga is my hood. This is the neighborhood that I lived in for 23 years. And so I grew up in Northumberland Avenue, which is just a little bit down the drag. Um, I went to Kabiga Primary School. Then I went to, I actually went to Kabiga Pre-Primary. Then I went to Kabiga Primary. And then I went to Westring High School. And so this is my, this is my suburb. And um, I thought, why am I thinking about that? I mean, I've lived in PE my whole life. Why would that be coming up? And I felt like the Lord take me back to when I was at school. And the Lord did amazing things. It happened through churches that worked into our schools. It worked for with churches and youth that were working into our school. And I just was reminded of that. And I felt like the Lord was reminding me of that to encourage you. And I felt like there's a promise in that for you. I felt like there are doors that are going to be open to schools in this area that is going to see an influx of young people coming into this church just because you said, Lord, we will knock on that door and we will go and stand in that school. And I felt it will be in practical ways that you say, how can we serve? How can we help you as a school? And I felt like there would be open doors if you would have the faith to go and knock if you would have the courage to put wheels to your engine and actually go and say, we are here to serve you as a school. As a church, we are coming to say, how can we help? How can we serve? And I felt like as worship is a key, I felt like the schools in this area is key to what it is that God wants to do amongst you. And I just felt for those that are involved with youth, could you maybe, a lot of them are probably serving in kids' church. Those of you that are involved with youth, could you maybe stand for a second for me? Anybody in the room involved with youth? Oh, there we go. Anyone else? Any of the, can we just stretch out our, our hands to them? And Father, we just pray for those that are standing that represent those that would work with the youth in this city, Father, in this area and in this community. And Father, we just pray for them, and we pray, Lord Jesus, that you would open doors that no other man could open. It would be the Lord himself and the youth that lead this church, um, that lead the youth in the church. And Father, we pray for open doors of blessing and service into those schools in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So I just wanted to encourage you um, in that. And that there was, I felt even connected to that, that out of these doors that are going to open to schools, that you as a church are going to, I saw this place being what would be in my mind, like a community center 
that people would be able to become and be skilled, that people would be able to, be, to come and be trained in practical things like parenting and marriage, um, different things like even kids having help with homework. I don't know why I saw that, but I just saw that this church would be a community that would serve the neighborhood, that this church is planted here not just to meet on a Sunday and, hey, this is a, f- a facility and a building, <laughs> But no, actually, we have been planted. You have been planted here in this place for such a time as this, and that you would serve the neighborhood. And I felt it was in practical ways, medical ways, skills training, a whole lot of things. And the other thing I felt really connected to serving the community was around education. And I felt something, there's something linked to this church that is going to touch the educational system. Um, through the skills that you have and for the the way you would even be involved with other schools and people in this area. So I'm just going to leave that with you and trust that that means something to you, confirms something uh, to you. Because I felt this scripture that comes, I think, from Isaiah, and it says that you would be the restorer and repairer of broken walls, broken relationships, broken systems. And man, that word that Grant brought this morning about being a people— that don't just, we don't just get our engines purring on a Sunday, but that we actually drive our vehicles to serve those, to repair, to be repairers of walls, relationships, and broken systems. And so I wanted to encourage you in that. And as we go into the, 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 the message for this morning, which you've been looking at called Defined, I want to say that you as a church have always been defined. I've known this church probably longer than most of you have known (laughs) this church. When Nick and Shelley pulled their little car with their two kids into town, um, we were there and uh, have seen just the labor um, that that has been poured out over years and years um, through this couple and those that God has added. And I want to say, I felt like the Lord said that he wanted to honor you as a church for being a church that honor has always honored his voice above your opinions and ideas. It's like sometimes it would be easy to do things the way you want to do it, but you've always said, God, what are you saying? And I wanted to honor you as a church this morning for a people that want to hear his voice rather than just do what you think is a good idea, but rather a God idea. And so I honor you guys uh, this morning. There's been a faithfulness um, with finance, with relationships, with nations. And uh, I feel like you are in a season where there is going to be a reaping of what you have sown over many years. Uh, There's a season of reaping and multiplication connected to that worship, to the community, to serving your neighborhood. And um, I just wanted to encourage you in that this morning. And so let's uh, jump into, if I can find it, there we go, um, into the series called Defined. And uh, I want to look at that scripture quickly um, in Exodus 33. And I want to start in verse 14. It says, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Now will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? And I want to highlight this part. It says, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What will distinguish, what will define you as a person, as a people, as a church family, as families represented here this morning? What defines you? What distinguishes you in in the marketplace, in your jobs, at your school, from the guy sitting next to you, from the lady sitting next to you. 
We're going to look this morning at how the presence of God in our lives defines and distinguishes us as a people. We are living in a time when people are being defined by many things. <laughs> we have different genders that define you. We have different groups that define you, different associations that define you. You can be defined by many things in this life right now. But are we being defined by who God says we are? And I want to ask you, do people know what define you? Not just in the walls of a Sunday morning meeting or your home group. But does the world know what defines you? If I had to go and do a little private secret interview at your job or your school or with your teachers <laughs> and say, hmm, what defines this guy? What defines this lady? What are we going to hear? Does the world actually know that we are different? Because Moses said, what else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And sometimes we're so busy standing up for what we don't believe in that we don't actually stand up for what we do believe in. And I want to encourage you with that this morning. Do people around us know what that is? See, I worked for a... Um, I worked for a pharmaceutical company for about three or four years, and I had a boss, a manager, that was, I think this is correct, was a Tamil Hindu, if that makes any sense. It's a type of Hinduism, and uh, so I think I used to drive her crazy. She used to come and work with me for the day in my, our region. She was based in Durban, and she'd come and down, and she would get Hillsong all day. It was like I could just see her like squirming in the front seat. She knew my life was defined by worshiping Jesus. And then came the day when I, I had prayed about it. I'd sought the Lord and counsel around me about resigning from my job. And I felt like the Lord had say, said to me that I need to resign from my job and I needed to make myself available for travel and for study. I was like single, no one else to support me. I'm going, oh, Jesus, is this you? But faithfully, he spoke to me, and I made that decision. And I remember the day I had to go into her office. We were in Durban for a regional meeting, and it was the end of the month, so I needed to give my notice to have a notice month. And I remember going to her saying, I was shocked, and she said, um, well, why? Why are you resigning? And so I said to her, well, as you know, uh, you know, my Christian faith is really important to me, and I, it was, I wish you could have seen her face. I said to her, I've prayed, and I feel like the Lord has spoken to me and said I need to resign to give myself to some other things. And she looked at me, and it was so far off her grid. I could just see the shock and terror. And her response to me was, you know, you can't tell me if another company's poaching you. <laughs> and I said to her, do you think I'm going to come up with that type of an excuse to, to not tell you the truth? But I could see for her the, the fact that the Lord spoke that I actually serve a God who still speaks to me was totally foreign to her. She, she was thinking I was pulling the wool over her eyes. I was giving her some story to not tell her the truth. And I said to her, no, seriously, this, this is the reason I'm resigning. And uh, I want us to look this morning, and we are going to look this morning at hearing the voice of God defines us. We are a people that don't serve a dead God. We're not in some religion that we just have to do a whole lot of things. No, we serve a living God. And because we serve a living God, we are able to communicate with Him. 
A lot of people would say, you need some help, and it's medical help, not spiritual help. Are you hearing voices? <laughs> no, it's actually because I have a living God. And what defines me, what defines my life, what defines my decisions, what defines which job I take, where I move, how I raise my children, not that I have my cat children, forget that joke, inside joke, um, how, I, how I make choices with my life, how I bless other people are all connected to his voice. And why is that? Are we a people that are defined by hearing his voice? I want us to look at Exodus 33, and we're going to look at verse 7 right now. It says, Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting, or what would be known to us, it represents the presence of God. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. You see, they, be they even believed in the Old Testament that they served a God that they could inquire of, and he would speak to them. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance of their tents with anticipation. The living God is going to speak to us. Watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance, which represented the presence and the glory of God. While the, we have always been a people from the creation of time that God created us so that he could speak to us. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they stood and worshipped each at the entrance of their tent. The Lord would speak. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Isn't that beautiful? We don't serve a dead God. We serve a God that is our friend, that wants to speak to us face to face. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. You see, in the Old Testament, we have patterns of God wanting to speak to his people. <laughs> in the New Testament, we have patterns of God wanting to speak to his people. The only difference is that in the Old Testament, only one person could hear God on behalf of everybody else. And that was Moses at the time. He would go into the presence of God, and he would be able to hear the Lord speak to him. Because that was God's heart, to communicate with his people. But then what happened on that day that Jesus died on the cross? It says the veil was torn. If you imagine that tent of meeting, it was torn apart. It was obliterated. And what happened? We could all run in and have access to face-to-face -to -face communication with him. No longer do we need the pastor or the phone a friend or our home group leader or someone else to hear on our behalf. No, because of what Jesus did on the cross, we can now hear his voice for ourselves. Isn't that incredible? God, from the beginning of time, wanted to communicate. He created us to have communion and to communicate with us. Isn't that incredible? And we live in the New Testament. I'm like, thank you, Jesus, I was born in the New Testament where I can have face-to-face -face communion with him, like Moses did, where I can come into his presence, not because of anything that I've done, but because of what he did on the cross. 
You see, I have access into the presence. Moses had access into his presence because he was the chosen priest of the time. We are priests today. And we have that access through the blood of Jesus into his presence. You see, and presence comes with a person. Do you know people really well? Maybe it's your spouse or your mother or somebody that you know. That when they walk into the room, you know their smell. You know that perfume. You know their aftershave. You know what it is, what they smell like. Why? Because when they are present, you are, it's not just, oh, there's this, whoo, there's this cloud in the room. No, actually, they are present. And sometimes we think of the presence of God as this glory smoke cloud, which sometimes it manifests as. But actually, it means that Jesus himself is present. And we are experiencing that presence. And when presence is a person, we are connected to his voice. And so Moses, who was that tent of meeting, signaled, and the cloud signified his presence. God himself was in that place, and he spoke with him. And nothing has changed other than the fact that we can now approach him face to face and hear his voice for ourselves. That's biblical. That's not your gifting. That's not anything other than what Jesus did. That is the gospel. <laughs> the gospel is that we have been reconciled, not with a figurehead, not with a religion. We've been reconciled with a person and his presence, and his voice comes with that. And so if anyone in the room is going, I can't really hear the voice of God. You know, the leaders can, and maybe my home group leader can, or those people that have been saved for a really long time. And in Afrikaans, I came from Afrikaans, you know. <laughs> now, each one of us can hear the voice of God. And the biggest strategy of the enemy is to convince you otherwise. The biggest strategy of the enemy is to disqualify you. And can I, can I paint a little picture and see if you can identify? Sunday morning, you wake up with good intentions. We're going to get to prayer meeting at 9.30. This is it. I actually, I prayed last night. I read the Bible last night. I'm going to go to prayer meeting this morning. And you know what? I think, actually, I might actually contribute. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bring a word. And then you sleep through your alarm and kick the dog on the way out, and you and your spouse have like a fight on the way to church because they forgot Mother's Day again, and then your child does something, and you just lose it in the parking lot, and your very good intentions gets to pre-meeting at quarter to ten, and you are standing there, and this little voice in your head is going, you can't pray right now. You can't hear the voice of God right now. You can't bring a word right now. Just look at your life in the last, like, four hours. <laughs> you know where that comes from? That comes from an enemy that tells us that we only hear the voice of God because of our performance and because of what we've done and not what he's done. There have been times that I've had to pray for people or minister or be in a meeting and I've had those things going through my mind. I wanted to fast 40 hours this week, and I was going to pray for 50 hours, and I was going to do this and that, and then there'd be this, just this amazing outpouring of God's Spirit, and there'd be words for everyone in the building, and the week doesn't go like that. 
as most of our weeks don't. And I stand in that front row before someone gives me the microphone. I'm going, Jesus, do we have the right person here? (laughs) And then he reminds me, you don't hear my voice because of what you've done. You hear my voice because of what I've done. Does it help to hear him more clearly by doing some things like reading, praying, worshiping? Absolutely. But it's not the reason I hear his voice. You see, when we can quieten that voice, you see, the people in the Old Testament always wanted to hear through somebody else. Someone else had to be the king. Someone else had to be the, 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 the prophet, the priest. And yet we do the same thing today. Someone else will hear for me. Someone else can hear. I can't hear. Now, I can hear because I'm a son and a wife to the Lord. When I became born again, whatever word you want to use for that, when I became a Christ follower, I had access into the very presence of God where I could hear his voice for myself. I could walk into that tent like Moses, have the cloud of his presence, and hear from heaven. And when we learn to break that lie that comes to say, I hear the voice of God because of what I've done rather than because of what he done, he's done, man, we are good. the amplitude of his voice amongst us is going to be turned up. You see, hearing the voice of God is my birthright. Just because I'm a son and a daughter, I get to hear the voice of God. You see, your son and daughter is your son and daughter as soon as they're born. Not because of what they do and how they, they've sort of got to earn their way up over the years. And maybe when they're 12, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll classify you as a son and a daughter. No, they're just born. It's their birthright. For those of you that have teenagers that start lending your clothes, I have a niece like that. She feels like she has two wardrobes because it's her birthright. She doesn't have to ask. She doesn't expect anything. I get pictures of her when I'm... Um, when I'm away, and she'll have a picture with the cats, and she's sending me pictures, and I'm going, mm, that top looks familiar, mm, that scarf looks familiar. Why? Because she's so comfortable that she's like my daughter. Let me, our sheep listen to hear, they listen, they hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. You see, we hear God firstly because we are sons and daughters. It's our birthright, and it's because of what he's done, not because of what you've done. Then, not only do we hear his voice because we are a son and a daughter, we also hear his voice because we have the Holy Spirit within us. For those of you that have been born again, you did not get the Father, the Son, and then you had to wait for the Holy Spirit. We received the Trinity at our moment of salvation. When we became Christ followers, we received the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that receiving of the Holy Spirit in that moment was to reveal the heart of the Father to you, to reveal the Scriptures, to make them come alive. And then if that wasn't enough, he says, I'm going to baptize you in the Spirit. Not that you never had it. I came in you, but now I'm going to come on you so that I can come through you. And so we can not only hear the voice out of relationship, but if you look, I'm not going to go there, but in 1 Corinthians 2.10, in 1 Corinthians 12, it speaks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, one of them being the prophetic, being able to hear the voice of God. If you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, you can hear the voice of God because you have the Holy Spirit who 
1 Corinthians 2.10 says, reveals the Father to us. It searches his heart. I always say the Holy Spirit, and I hope this is not disrespectful, I'm using it as an analogy, is like the Google of heaven. It says he searches the heart of God. You see, I want to know something for Natalie to encourage her, to build her up, to strengthen her, to encourage her. I want to be able to bless her by hearing the voice of the Lord for her. All I need to do is ask the search engine of heaven. In 1 Corinthians 2.10, it says he searches the deep things of God. And I say, Natalie, just type in the word Natalie, and the Holy Spirit goes, let me just search the search engine of God's heart, and these things come down. In Romans 12, it speaks about that we are graced. We are graced. There's a grace upon our lives to hear the voice of God in the prophetic. In Ephesians, for some of you, there will even be uh, an appointment on your life to be able to equip and train others in hearing the voice of God. So can you see from that Old Testament, from that place of Moses entering the presence of God, God wanted to communicate. And then he sent Jesus. He said, I will make a way that all of you can be sons and daughters that have access to my face-to-face -face communion and voice. And then I will fill you. The Holy Spirit will come in you and it will come upon you at salvation and baptism. And in Ephesians 5, it says it will continually come upon you so that you can hear the voice of the Father to us. And I can't carry on too much on that. So how do we cultivate a lifestyle of hearing the voice of God? Because we need to cultivate something to make it grow. Can we hear the voice of God because we're sons and daughters? Absolutely. Because we're filled with the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. But what's going to help you to hear it more clearly, more accurately, and more regularly? You see, that's how we cultivate. And I'm just going to read Exodus 33. Uh, sorry, Exodus 34, verse 34. No, sorry, verse 1. Exodus 34, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses... Chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones. I will write on them the words that were first on the tablets, which you broke. Be ready in the morning and then come up on Mount Sinai. Remember that, come up. Presence yourself, present yourself to me. Therefore, on top of the mountain, so no one, uh, so no, sorry, so one is to come with you, no one is to come with you. Or be seen in front of the mountain. So Moses chiseled out two stone tablets like the first ones and went to Mount Sinai. Early in the morning, as the Lord had commanded him, and he carried the two stone tablets in his hands, then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate, gracious God slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Moses bowed down to the ground at once and worshipped. Lord, he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, then let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our wickedness and our sin and take us as your inheritance. 
And there are three quick keys. I just want us to look at how we cultivate a lifestyle. We cultivate a culture of hearing God's voice because we know we can because of being sons and daughters. The first thing you see with Moses is it says, come up. He says, present yourself to me. It speaks about proxy. I'm very proud of myself. I did three Ps for the prophetic. I worked hard. I've learned well from, is it, uh, do you do Ds? I don't know. Um, we'll see what, our minor Ps. Proximity to his presence and the person. You see, there's intentionality then to hearing God's voice. Can we hear God's voice? Absolutely. But when I position myself in proximity to his presence and to his person, the amplitude of that voice just goes up. And can I encourage you, just as those people did, they used to go to their tents and stand outside and wait and inquire of the Lord. Would you make a time? Would you make a place? Would there be intention in your heart on a daily basis to say, God, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear what you are saying, what you're directing me to do. Live in proximity to his presence. Every time there's a moment to worship, to get together, to be in his presence, man, be there. Because you're positioning yourself in proximity to the person, the one who speaks to us. Create habits, speak in tongues, pray regularly. Those things position us in proximity to his presence and the person, and his voice follows. You see, Moses just had to be in his presence, and the Lord spoke. But man, if we're not drawing aside, if we, we're surrounded by the voice, I love that they built the tent outside of the camp. It's actually get away from all the voices and all the opinions and all the things. I'm going to have an intention. And sometimes that looks like, I'm going to give you an example. Many of you know Glenn Bass that leads Joy to the Nations. And their two little kids were quite small when they joined our church. And he really wanted, they wanted to carve out time in the mornings to spend with the Lord. But I think most of you know that have two small children, that's not always very practical. And so they changed their little Wendy house outside to their little tent of meeting. And in the morning, they used to take turns. So they used to go outside of the house so they couldn't hear those little voices screaming for attention. And they would take turns to be able to go and be in the Wendy house with Jesus. Boer mark a plan, people. And so no matter what stage of life we are, there's an intentionality about being in proximity to his presence on a daily basis. Number two, there was a pursuit of his word and his ways. Pursue his word. I love it when he said he took the tablets. And for me, those tablets were sort of the Old Testament Bible, you know, the law of God. And if we pursue his word and his ways, he will speak. It's the primary way God has chosen to speak to us is through his word. But how do I find that word if I'm not in it? I loved, I think Tyron mentioned it at, uh, at our last uh, time of meeting together. And he said, man, if the voice of God is quiet, correct me if I'm wrong, if the voice of God is quiet, I want to look at how much time you're spending in the word. Guys, pursue his word, pursue his ways. And then lastly, practice obedience. So proximity to his presence, pursue his word, and practice obedience. Can I say that I have learned to hear the voice of God by being obedient? Because sometimes I don't know I've heard him until I step out and then it proves that I've heard him. <laughs> 
But if I was always just like doing this, like mm, mm, one foot in, one foot out, allowing fear to overcome, I never learned, was I actually right? Without stepping out, I never know, was that the voice of God? And so obedience will grow your ability to hear the voice of God. And can I say, he's going to trust you with more when you're obedient with what he gives. I remember when I was pursuing hearing the voice of the Lord in the very early days. I said to the Lord, I remember as clearly as clear as day, I, was, I remember where I was sitting and I said to the Lord, Lord, you, I will always say yes unless you tell me to say no. And literally every time someone asked me to pray for a word, to do something, to, you know, um, minister or whatever, I would just, because if I let my fear get in the way, I would never have said yes. So he just had my yes. I said, okay, that's settled. And so I didn't have a choice because I'd already said yes. Because I chose that fear would never hold me back. And we can't go into that. And so we are pressed for time. So I want to say, as a church, the presence of God is a wonderful thing. But the presence of not God is not here to give us goosebumps and for our benefit. The presence of God is here so that we can hear his voice for ourselves and for others to be a blessing to those around us, to our communities, to our, to our neighborhoods, to the nations. And so we pursue his voice, not only because we get him, which is number one, but we pursue his voice so that we can be a blessing to those around us. Because anything that God initiates in your life is going to come from his voice. You are going to pray better. You are going to worship better. You are going to teach kids to his voice. Let that be what defines you. We are a people that hear the voice of God. And he speaks in many ways. He speaks through dreams. He speaks through pictures. He speaks through impressions. I can't go into all of those. He speaks through the word. But man, if we don't have that intention to pursue him, his word, inquire of him on every decision Everything we do, everything we say, everything we give our time to. We are going to be a people that are, love his presence, but never go anywhere. And so I wonder if, Jono, you can come up. And I am going to ask Chantal to come up because I actually feel like I need to do something. <laughs> but as you come up, uh, Chantal, I know it's stretching for you not to be prepared necessarily, and have to just wing it. But I felt like the Lord said, it's time for you to start winging it. He says, because the magic happens outside the comfort zone. And I just felt like there are treasures that are so deeply embedded within you that for some or other reason, something came and it just squashed it down. And you just said, it's easier here, it's safer here, it's comfortable here. And trust me, I know that feeling. But I felt like the Lord said, this is the season to become uncomfortable. I feel like there are prophetic steps that you are going to take. Prophetic things that you are going to do because you feel like as you do it, unprepared, feeling ill-equipped, which you are not. But as you feel that, you're going to say, I'm not 
going to do this according to my feelings. I'm going to do this according to the voice of the one who called me. And I just feel like there is something that he wants to break open. And I felt like even as you come up, even if you don't play anything, you can just play a chord. I just felt like there was something of taking a prophetic action this morning to say, God, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. Because I believe God has put you in places where you are going to be a speaker of truth, where it's sometimes going to be uncomfortable. He's placed you in certain places in society, at school, in different places where he feels, I feel like the muzzle needs to come off. And he says it's going to happen outside the comfort zone. So if you want to come join Jono on the, on the keys, that would be wonderful. So if you could stand with me this morning, as I know we have gone a little bit maybe over the time, we're going to just spend a few minutes. Love for us this morning. first thing I want to do this morning that I felt to do was to stand with you as you break a partnership with the lies of the enemy that have said you cannot hear the voice of God. Whether that's permanently, at times, in moments, we fear of man, fear of failure, performance has kept you back. Father, we come this morning I pray for every person in this room. Father, I pray that this morning we would take up our birthright as sons and daughters who can hear the voice of God, not because of anything we are or anything we've done, but because of who you are and what you have done. And so, Father, I break the power of the lie off this church and every person in this church that they cannot hear, that they're not special enough, they're not anointed enough, they haven't done enough, or they have done too little. Lord Jesus, we break the power of that lie this morning. And Father, I pray that your voice would flow, your voice would come in the midnight hour, it would come with feelings and pictures and impressions that your word would start speaking to your people. And that Father, as your people come into your presence, as they come into proximity with the one who speaks to his children, Father, I pray that the voice of your, um, the voice of the Father would be turned up. Just that amplitude, that, that volume dial would be turned up in our lives. And so, Father, we break the power of that lie that says, I cannot hear. I'm not worthy to hear. God can't use me. God can't speak to me. God can't speak through me. And this morning we stand in our identity as sons and daughters who have access to heaven, who have access to His presence, and who have access face-to-face with His voice, Lord. We thank You, Jesus, for the power of the cross, the power of the cross that removed any walls, any divisions between us and the Lord. allow that truth to, to travel from your head to your heart today. Allow that to become revelation. That he can speak to me concerning my life, my children's life, my job, my school. He can use me to be a blessing to those around me. And I just felt connected to that was there are those of you where the Lord has spoken. He's not calling you to something new, but He has spoken. He said, 
Surely not God. I don't know if I heard God. I'm sure it was just me. <laughs> and this morning he wants to say to you, allow the dream that I spoke to you to rise up this morning. Allow the treasure that I've hidden with inside of you to come to the fore. I just felt that word that, that Grant brought about bringing motion to our vehicles, to bringing motion to our engines. Like our engines, we've loved church, we love the presence, we love home group, and we love fellowship. But he's saying, no, I want to take you somewhere. And it's going to be by the dream I've placed within your heart. And so, Father, I pray that dead dreams would come alive this morning. Dead dreams would come alive in people. Giftings that are dormant, I pray that they would come alive in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah. I just felt for the Clanans family. I just felt like the Lord said that there are things that you have placed your hand to that have been successful. But he says there are dreams that are still within you. It's like you've kept yourself in a safe place. Like there's this safe place and this safe perimeter. And you've said, God will stay in this perimeter because this feels safe. And I felt the Lord say that there are things that He has placed within you that sometimes are not even connected to business or finance or making a living, but they're connected to the gifts that He has placed with inside of you. And I felt like Him coming this morning and pulling those things out of you, pulling them to the fore. And He says, if you would take care of the dreams that I've placed within you, I will take care of your needs day to day in Jesus' name. And so, Father God, I call forth the gift and anointings upon their lives and upon their family, Father. And where the enemy has kept them, it's like you get to a place and it feels like you hit a ceiling. You get to a place and you hit a ceiling. You get to a place and you hit a ceiling. Even with your kids, I feel like they get to a place and they feel like they hit a ceiling. And today the Lord would say that ceiling is removed in Jesus' name. That ceiling is removed in Jesus' name. It's time to fly. It's time to fly. It's like you've flown and you come back to the same place. And you fly and you come back to the same place. And God says it's time to fly. Never return to that same place again. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We release doubt in the name of Jesus. Did God really say? Yes, He did. <laughs> Thank you, Father. is here, as you are here, pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would speak to dreams and initiatives, that you hold us to go on. Breathe your life into that, I pray this morning, Lord. Breathe your life, Lord, that your, your voice would become loud again, because it's been there, but it's like, I'm just going to turn that voice down, because it's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> We give you permission to speak into our lives, that we would not only hear you for ourselves, but that as we hear you, would be a blessing. Your voice is connected to purpose, Jesus. And 
We pray that your purpose would be outworked in and through our lives. In and through our lives. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Is it it's Brad? That's right, eh? Brad. Huh? Leading the pre-meeting this morning, um, I was just reminded of the prophets of old that could call things out and then just smash them. It's like you'll come in and something's like a holy cow and you'll just slaughter it. <laughs> I feel like you are a cow slaughterer. Um, that you just come in and I feel like there's an anointing upon your life. And it's not always to, like the prophetic, like, hey, let's prophesy over one or two people, which obviously it includes. But I feel like God has given you a prophetic anointing upon your life to be able to see the things that are being built up and erected against the ways and the Word of God. And when you come, you speak to those things and they get pulled down. I just see you pulling down altars of the enemy in people's lives, in this church's life, in this area. And then even when you pray, I feel like there's this praying of like, I'm bringing things down. God has called you and he's anointed you to see what needs to come down. Where there's hypocrisy, where there's religion. He's called you to bring those things down because he's given you a prophetic insight, prophetic eyes to see. And I felt like your, your preaching is going to be a prophetic it's like going to be prophetic in terms of like you're going to be able to see something, go at it, pull down, and then erect what God wants in its place. And uh, I know you said you've been praying for for a couple of days now, and uh, you say, oh, Lord, I'm not hearing anything. I felt like the Lord said, are you ready to hear what I want to tell you? some big ramifications. And I felt like the Lord said, I will prepare your heart for it. And I will prepare his heart for it. And Father, I just pray for, for Brad and for me this morning. And Father, I pray for those winds of change that are blowing, Father, where they're needing to make, where there are decisions that are going to have to be made. Because God says, I have primarily called you. I have primarily called you to be able to be a prophet that pulls down and erects in the house of God. And he says, you are going to need more time, son. You are going to need more time. You are going to need more time. And he says, time is going to be your greatest gift to be able to release that which I have through you. for your anointing and I pray for your grace in this season and I pray for much faith Father for what they are to step into they will not be able to see in advance but he says just take just follow my voice it was like these little whispers he says as you follow it it will take you to the next place and to the next place you would love to see the 5 year plan the 10 year plan the 20 year plan God says I don't work like that says, because I require faith. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I just, Natalie, if you could come out for me. Uh, Jante, if you could come out for me. And Brad, if, if you could come out for me. And, uh, and I'm 
number five. <laughs> come out, Lisa, come out. <laughs> and I, come stand here in the front. I want you to face the people. You guys can face the people. And I just felt as I call these, these folk out this morning, it's not because they're any more special than any of you. But I feel like they represent something of the voice of God in this church. And I'm going to ask them just to raise their hands and uh, pray for you. Like, no, pray for the people. There we go. Not receive. Amen. <laughs> and as I pray, I just felt like there was something of God wanting to release a prophetic anointing upon you. That the, the amplitude of God's voice would increase. You see, because... When the prophetic has been in your presence, it's not so that you can all remember and have little words, which are wonderful, but it's so that you can be prophetic, so that the voice of God can be turned up in your life. And so, Father, as these folk here represent just your voice in this, in this family, Father, not, not the only people, but those that this morning would represent your voice. Father, I pray that they, as they stretch out their hands, that which they have, that history that they have in hearing the voice of God, I pray that that would be released and imparted to the people this morning. And I pray that there would be a rich impartation of anointing to hear the voice of God, that we would position ourselves close to your throne, that we would pursue your word, that Jesus he would practice obedience at every turn. And I do pray for them even as they stand up here, Lord. And so, Father, I just pray that everything that has stopped the voice and the flow and the gift of the anointing of the prophetic upon their life would be broken off right now. Anointing for them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Even for this prophetic picture of the next generation of those that would hear your voice in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We love your presence. We love your presence. We love your voice. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name.